Recording in progress. Zoom has now liked to notify us that recording is in progress. I know. I guarantee you there were some people that were like sneakily recording each other. And so Zoom has now given everybody a notification that recording is in progress. So we get that nice little note every time we hit the record button. Which means that it is time to record our episode of It's Sports Sis for you guys. So with that being said, welcome in you guys. It is week 34 of It's Sports Sis. We are so happy that you're here with us today. My name is Christine. I am your average Joe Schmo when it comes to sports knowledge. And I am here to ask all the questions that you would have at home. And I am Sarah, your self-proclaimed sports expert. And I am here to answer all of Christine's questions and hopefully all of the questions that you have at home. So Christine, let's jump right in. I am so excited about this week because, so you know that we record at Hub South End. What's up Hub South End? And they've had the French Open on since I've been here. And it's been so hard for me to focus because Serena Williams has been on. And so I've been like running back at people are like looking at me, like, what (laughs) is she doing? And it's because Serena Williams is playing tennis and we're talking about tennis this week. So, so many exciting things happening around the French open. Obviously, in case you don't know, there's also some drama surrounding the French open right now, but we will get to that a little bit later, but First things first, Sarah, let's just jump right into what tennis even is. And obviously you guys know what it is, but like, we're going to start real basic here. Yes, absolutely. So I, I thought I knew what tennis is. It reminds me of grandma. I would watch, I feel like we brought grandma up a lot last week too, but we, um, she loved to watch sports. She loved to watch sports, really loved to watch tennis. Um, and I would just go over there and I would be like, grandma, I don't want to watch tennis. And next thing I knew it's similar to watching golf with dad. Next thing You're I like knew- sitting there with popcorn, just like watching them yes. play tennis in the French open. And I will say the one thing that has bothered me about tennis players, <laughs> just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. The one thing that I can't stand about watching tennis is the grunting. <laughs> anything. I think you just sounded like a chicken. (laughs) They do. They're like, that's that's more like it. (laughs) And it drives me and it's so elongated. And I'm like cringing at the TV every time they do it. And they, they make that noise after almost every single hit. I know. And of course that's like the one thing that I didn't do research on, but I literally just think that's how people, like they said it like helps them like, like release. Yeah. Well, you know how, like whenever you get hurt, it's like scientifically proven that if you scream or you cuss or you do something when you, when you get hurt, it like May, it alleviates the pain a little bit. Yes. I'm thinking the same thing is true for tennis players. If they let out this obnoxious moan every time they hit the tennis ball, <laughs> it helps them hit the ball better. Yes, I know. Oh my gosh. I should have looked into that to see. We should have like a segment on like all of the different like moans and grunts from all the different tennis players and like compile them into one video because it's so entertaining. Like it's a little annoying, but I think when you compile them all together, it would be... Can I get an, oh yeah, (laughs) can I get an, oh yeah. Okay. 
Anyways, back to the basics. So what is tennis, right? Everybody knows what tennis is. It's a sport played with rackets that can be played individually or in teams, but fun fact. Yeah. I'm full of them today. You just wait. Okay. But racket and tennis is spelled correctly. R-E-C-K-E-T-E-R-A-C-K-E-T. There is another form of racket, which is print, which is spelled R-E-C-Q-U-E-T. R-A-C-Q. That's what I said. You said E. Uh, R-A. Okay. Spelling was never my forte. <laughs> but that kind of racket is used in badminton and pickleball and whatever. Racquetball? And other sports that they have with rackets. Interesting. But yeah, I, thought, I thought that was interesting that tennis racket is spelled differently than the other rackets. So a CK instead of a CQ. CK. Very like interesting. Yes. Okay. So obviously we've got the tennis racket with a CK. It's the racket that's strung with the cords. You see a lot of them playing them like guitars, whatever. You've got a tennis ball. Everybody knows what a tennis ball. It's yellow. It's hollow. It's made with rubber and it's covered Fun. in belt fact about the tennis ball <laughs> bombs Christine you're just freaking full of them today I'm telling you I am so full of the fun facts today but before the yellow tennis balls they used to be white and they weren't yellow until 1986 why did they turn yellow I don't know Wimbledon 1986 is whenever the yellow tennis balls were used interesting that is so crazy I did not know that okay so oh, the oh I know why I know why? why because they believed a yellow ball would be easier for spectators to, to follow on TV I get that I get that that's why I feel like golf balls should all be a different color than white but that's a different conversation for a different yes. time so we've got the tennis racket the tennis ball tennis shoes which I've always called any sort of like an athletic shoe, a tennis shoe, but I, maybe that's just because we've grown up playing them, but there are a specific type of shoe that you should wear for the tennis courts. And then you just have an athletic outfit, which today are you, you already know I've got my tennis dress on. Oh my gosh. Look how festive you are. That's not, not the worst angle ever. <laughs> and I got so my white cute. shoes. Got the white. I've got shorts on underneath of this. So sorry, but look, I got my white shoes on. Oh my gosh, Sarah, you might as well just go ahead and, and roll up to the French open and start playing. You'd fit right in. I know. So anyways, I was very excited, but I mean, the fashion on the tennis courts the last few years, especially with the Williams sisters, Serena, especially has been, I mean, elevated to the nth degree. Like she has brought like, I feel like it just used to be like skirts and a, and a tank top, but like now they wear like long sleeves and like dresses. And then her outfit today was like long shorts, but like the top was more of like a peplum than it is like a skirt. Cute. Yeah. So she looks adorable and I love to see all of their outfits, but fun fact. Okay. About <laughs> Venus and Serena is they, they were the first ever set of sisters to win Olympic gold medals in tennis. Wow. I did not know that. And they're twins, correct? I had, I don't think they're twins. They're not twins. Michael's listening. <laughs> they're just sisters who won the Olympic gold in the 2000 Olympics. They're not twins. They're just sisters. Who's older? Michael. <laughs> Venus. Venus is older. 
Venus is older. Serena is a little bit younger. You're the Venus. I'm the Serena. Uh, I'm the Serena to your Venus. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so (laughs) I looked up Christine tennis season because obviously there's what? Football season, basketball season, golf season. And get this, tennis is literally all year round. Really? The only... I feel I, like you don't, we don't watch it all year, all year round. Well, it's because the grand slam tournaments, which we've said are the French open Wimbledon, the U S open and the Australian open are just from like the end of May through September. So those are like the core months for tennis, but there are other tournaments. The only month that they do not practice or they don't play tournaments in is December. So they have one month off the entire year. I mean, that's if they, they can pick and choose. Okay. So if you're in like the top, you're ranked, right? Like one through whatever for these tournaments and you have to be in the top, however many to make these like big tournaments. So mm-hmm. if you're going to make the big tournament, cause you're in, let's say the top 20, then you can pick and choose whatever tournaments that you want to play in. But like the, the players that are ranked like a hundredth will most likely play in like any and all of those tournaments so that they could potentially win one and then get invited or, you know, higher their ranks to get to one of the grand slam tournaments. Right. Because the money to be had in the French open is wild. I was shook. So I was sitting at, I dropped Nova off at school this morning. Sup Nova. And I, um, obviously I'm not used to being up and Adam that early. I have to drop her off at school. There's not really a time, but I got her there at like eight 30 this morning. And so we were up super early. Sarah is babysitting her friend's baby whose name is Nova and she's adorable. Just in case you guys just randomly thought that she, Oh yeah. No, I don't have a kid. Sorry. Yes. Nova is four. And so we woke up, I made her chocolate chip pancakes. Anyways, early morning, I went to the coffee shop to grab a cup of tea prep for the podcast. And I was probably sitting there drinking my tea with my mouth wide open because I was looking at the purse for the French open specifically, because that's the tennis tournament that's happening right happening right now. And it's 34.4 million euros. And Christine, do you know how much that translates into dollars? A lot, almost $50 million. That's wild. So I'm wondering, is the, is the French open purse the largest purse in sports? Cause I don't think that there are other purses that are that large. Even the golf tournaments aren't that large. That's just right. Insane. I don't know if it has the biggest purse in sports, but I'll look it up and I'll let you guys know for sure, because that's a really good question, Christine. I know for sure, like you said, golf definitely does not have, I mean, a $50 million purse. That is absolutely crazy. I think we said the players championship had nowhere near that, nowhere near $50 million. So reminder of what the purse is. So you hear, you know, close to $50 million or 34.4 million euros. And you automatically assume, at least I did before I understood what a purse was, that that goes to the winner. It does not. That is the total prize money for um, all of the standings in the tournament. So no matter if you get in first or you get in last, you still get money. So I'm assuming since the purse is so large, that just means that more people can get money. They don't have to be in first. Like, if you're in last place, you're still making a solid purse. Um, I don't know what the last place people are 
or what the person in last place makes, but I mean, it drops drastically from first to second. So the first, the winner of the tournament, and this is both for men and women. So both the men, the men have 34.4 million euros and the women have 34.4 million euros. So like the purse in total is like 70 million euros. Like that is absolutely insane, which 70 million euros is almost a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, it literally is wild how much money is in tennis, but anyway, so the winner of the men and the women both take home 1.4 million euros, which is almost $2 million. And then the runner up. So the person who gets in second only makes 700,000 euros. So like half of poor, poor, pitiful second place. I know half up. So, I mean, if you continue that down the line and you keep cutting, you know, third and a half fourth and half, fifth and half. I mean, it gets exponentially smaller. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that's wild. Yeah. And just imagine because Serena and and Venus have won so many times. I know. And not Um, to mention they're like, I mean, they have all the advertisement deals too, right? I mean, they're sponsored by Nike and Gatorade and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, yes, they are well-paid individually individuals. That is for sure. But while we're talking the French open, I know we told you guys last week, but the French open is the only grand slam um, tournament in tennis that plays on clay, but there are two other types of courts, um, that the grand slams play on. Do you know what those are, Christine? I do. And the reason I do is because obviously there's the hard surface, right? And that's just your basic tennis court that you're, everyone's used to seeing. Yep. And then there is grass, which I always thought was interesting because how do you play tennis on grass? How do you bounce a ball on grass? It's so short. That's how it's like, okay. Imagine if you were playing on like a putting green. Yeah. That's what okay, it would so be it's like that kind of grass. Yes. It's like super, super short, like very, like, very, short. it has to be really hard though too. Right. Because in order for the ball to have proper bounce, I, I guess that's all part of why they mix it up and play on different courts. Yeah. That's why they have, I mean, your ball's going to bounce different ways at different velocities on the three different types of courts. And so, yeah, I think it's kind of cool that they mix it up for all of like the major championships, but yeah. I, no matter what type of court they play on all of the lines. So the, the lines that are on the court stay the same, right? Mm-hmm. So there are, and I had to research this. So the first things first, there are the double. Okay. So we've got the rectangle of the court, right? Right. Here's the rectangle. Then on the outsides are the doubles lines. Okay. Okay. The only time that those are not out of bounds is when two people are playing two people, also known as a doubles game. Ah, got it. Okay, so if the ball hits that sideline, it's out if it's just one person playing one person. That's right. Yep. So if they hit that, they're basically like brackets on the outside of the court. If it Mm -hmm. hits past those lines, out. Those are out of play in singles play. Okay. Got it. Next, there are the baselines, which are the back lines. So here and here, mm-hmm. then in the middle is the net. 
And the net is three feet, six inches tall at the post and then three feet tall in the center. So if you can imagine there's gravity, obviously it's going to pull it down a little. Yep. It's going to dip a little bit in the center. So it'll be three feet in the middle, three feet, six inches on either side. And then there are four service squares, right? So you're looking at the court. We've got baseline, baseline, doubles lines, net, and then we have service service, 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 right? So whenever they serve, that's why you always see them serving to the opposite side of the court or the diagonal. That's correct. Yes. Okay. So when I serve, I have to serve to your or my opposite service square on your side. So if I'm serving from the right, I need to hit it into your left service square. So you're just hitting it diagonal across. Yeah. They're set up in quadrants almost. So it's split into four sections, four squares. And if you're in the right, yes, I see what you're saying. It can get confusing because on the other person, it's their right. On the other per- person's side, it's their right. Yes, exactly. You're just, yeah, you're hitting it to the square diagonal across the net. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So while we're talking serving, I think everybody's got a good idea about the different types of courts, the lines on the courts, but while we're talking serving, we obviously said you served the opposing players opposite service square, right? Mm-hmm. There are a few different ways that a server can make a boo-boo. So first things first, who serves, right? So who gets to serve first versus um, when do you switch? The answer is it's kind of like every other sport. There's a coin toss, obviously in basketball, there's a jump ball, but there's a coin toss, right? And then somebody picks heads or tails. If that person wins, they get decide, they get to decide if they want to serve or if they want to defer to the other person to serve first. And it switches at the end of every game. And the way that a tennis match is set up is game, set, match. So I feel like that's a pretty standard thing to say, but it does get a little bit confusing because it actually goes points, games, set, match, right? So you've got points, which are love, 15, 30, 40. And then if you tie, you've got all. And then if you're, you know, if you're 40, 40, then it's deuce. If the server wins and you have advantage, we'll get to that in a minute. So you've got points, four points. So you get 15, 30, 40, and then you win on your fourth point. Mm -hmm. If you get four points, you get one game. If you get six games, you get one set and you have to win by two. Right. You have to win by two. Okay. And then if depending on women or men, women play three sets. So the best of three men play five sets and those three or five sets makes up the one match, which you, okay. So basically the way that it works, like the three and the five for the sets is okay. So Serena Williams comes out and she wins the first two sets of three, which is a set is one set is six games. And one game is four points. Yeah. Okay. So if Serena just came out and she just beat this girl, um, two sets back to back, the match is over. She came out, 
won two nothing, even though there were three sets allotted for the game. It's basically the best of three. So since she came out and won two in a row, match is over. For the men, they play longer matches. So they have five sets. So best of five. If somebody comes out and wins three right out the gate, match is over. That person wins. Let's say, you know, they're going every other, then that fifth game is that tiebreaker. So best of five or best of three. But I did learn some terminology because I do think that, you know, what's very normal, it happens all the time in tennis is when, so you're playing back and forth on a, um, on a game Mm -hmm. and you are tied at 40, 40, right? So I make a point on you. I get 15. You make a point on me, you get 15. I they also a- have, they also have funny scoring. So like one point is 15. You yes. get another point, it's 30. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, so points, one point equals 15, two points equals 30, three points equals 40. And then that fourth point is game point. There's not actually like a point system for it, right? But what you'll see a lot is at 40, so at three points, the two players will be tied and that is called a, what is it called? Do you know what it's called? A deuce, a deuce. Yes. It's called a deuce. So they basically just keep playing, but at that point they have to win by two. So let's say you and I are tied, right? So we're 40, 40 deuce and I serve to you and I get the point. I have the advantage. Okay. Yep. If I serve to you and I win that point again, the game is over. I get the game because you won by two because I won by two. But if I serve to you, I win and I, so I would get the advantage, but then I serve to you, you get the point. We'd be back to deuce. Ah, okay. Does that make sense? So, I mean, these individual games can can go on forever. I mean, it's insane because you have to win by two points. So you'll see these tallies and, you know, they play six games, but the individual point system in each one of the games can take forever. So it takes a lot of stamina for these athletes to play these long sets. And I can't, I mean, the men best of five, that's crazy. It's good TV though, because it goes, sometimes they, like Sarah was saying, they can just go on forever. So you can just sit in front of your TV and just watch them go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. (laughs) But you were, you were starting to get to the faults or sorry, the mistakes that you can make when you're serving. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're right. I don't even know why I got off on the tangent. I just got (laughs) off on, but okay. So there are a couple of, you know, very standard mistakes that you'll make on the tennis court. Right. So, and both of them are are serving during serving. So the first is what's called let now a let that's L E T is when the server is hitting the ball to the opposing team service square. It hits the net, but it still goes into that service square into the other person's into the, into the service square that it's supposed to go to. So let's say I'm the server. I'm hitting into the service square of yours. That is the correct one, but it just skims the net, right? 
since it dropped into the service square that it was supposed to go in, that's considered a let. Okay. You can have as many of those as you want to. Oh, wow. So if I keep like hitting it and I keep hitting the net, but it still drops into your service square, it counts. You can't return it. No, it doesn't count. You can't return it, but I can serve as many times as I want to. But it doesn't count as a point. It does not count as a point. It's just kind of like a, you need to try again. And you can try as many times as you want to. So what happens if it goes over the net, but it goes into the wrong service square? Yes. So if it hits the net and goes into the wrong service square or doesn't, you know, goes out of bounds or it doesn't hit the net and doesn't go into the service square, it is considered a fault. Now you only get one fault per serve. So if I, if I hit it, and it, it goes into the wrong service square, or if you hit it and it hits the net and doesn't even make it over the net, then that's considered a fault. And you only get one of those. Yes. You only get one of those. And so if I were to double fault, then you get the point. Ah, okay. And then it's my turn to serve. No, we don't switch serves until the end of the game. Oh, right, 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 right. Yes. We don't switch serving until the end of the game. So after that one game is over, you'll serve and vice, you know, we'll keep switching back and forth after the games, but they switch sides at every odd game. So, okay. So like one, three, five. Yes. Games one, three, and five, they will switch sides so that each game is, you know, equal. They can't say, oh, that side of the court is you know, better for me, or the sun is better on this side or whatever. Like they switch very frequently so that it's fair for both sides. Uh Uh Aha. I like it. All right. Very, very interesting. Back to the scoring system, because for some reason, the scoring was always a little confusing to me because obviously it goes from 0, 15, 30, and 40. Fun fact about the scoring system is another it's based- one. Another one. Another one. <laughs> it's based on the on a clock face. So the 15, 30, 40, 40 scoring system is based on a clock face. And the first point was the first quarter mark that the minute hand struck on the clock. So well, then why wouldn't it be 45? Because it took too long to say, so they shortened it to 40. Uh, yeah. These rules are literally <laughs> so ridiculous. Like oh, yeah, 45 was just a mouthful. So we just stuck with 40. Well, and who knew, like, who knows whenever they actually came up with that, right? Like well, they were probably just like, it, like how long ago did it, did they come out with the scoring system? Right. I know. I have no idea. I mean, tennis, I know for sure is like hundreds of years old. It's like one of the oldest sports ever. So I can imagine that's not, and we don't even know for sure if that is like true, but that is just what people say is it's based off of the face of a clock. That is so cool. Okay. So again, if there is one thing that you get out of this episode, you guys, you've got points, games, sets, match in that order. Mm-hmm. Four points, six games, three or five sets, depending on male or female, and one match. So you're looking, how long does a typical tennis game last? I would say okay. on average. Okay, so best of three. So the women on average last about an hour and a half. 
the best of five. So the men's on average can last almost three hours, Christine. Wow. Oh my God. Cannot believe it. So I just Googled it. The fastest professional tennis match ever played was 20 minutes. The longest guess five hours, 11 hours and five minutes. 11, 11 hours and five minutes. That's so crazy. But you guys, like I said, all of those ties, you know, the all and, and, um, deuces and whatever needing to win by two, like it can take, I mean, you'll see these games sometimes get up into the double digits. It's crazy. It can take 11 hours. Apparently, honestly, too, though, I was looking up, um, the average tennis game and fun fact during a match. Fun fact, a player on average runs about three miles per match. Wow. You can imagine. I mean, that is like the the length of the, where they can run is so restricted. So it's, that's gotta be a really difficult three miles for them. And their ligaments and their leg muscles must be super strong because they are jetting from side to side and side and side. And yes, I know well, you, I mean, they are, their calf muscles are gigantic, gigantic along with all the other muscles in their body. I know. I know. Well, we, um, I've obviously been enjoying watching Serena, but somebody that we're not going to be able to enjoy for the French open, Christine is Naomi Osaka because she withdrew sadly, um, citing mental health concerns because, um, she said she's had them since 2018, whenever she was booed for defeating Serena Williams in the U S open. And I mean, the reason why she withdrew is because she was avoiding like press. She was avoiding like talking to the media and talking to the press and she was already fined 15 grand. And then she said to take all of the, you know, limelight off of her and put it on the French open. Like it should be, she was just going to go ahead and withdraw. But I do think at the end of the day, it just kind of put more limelight on her, but but like, good for her, you know, like ever, especially with what we went through the past year. And I'm talking, we, as, as the world went through yeah. during this pandemic, mental health is so important. And I, know. I really give her props that she came forward and was just like, look, I'm not doing this for attention. I'm doing this because I genuinely do not want to do these press conferences. I understand it's part of the job, but that's why I'm going to politely decline and yeah. not show up to the French open because it's, I'm just, she's just not in a good mental space right now. And I yeah, can respect I know. That. I know. Well, good for her. We definitely hope, you know, the open, the association, whatever it's called in the tennis world can figure it out so that the athletes feel more comfortable with the press, but that Naomi Osaka gets the help that she needs, that she deserves and that she's back on the tennis court in no time. Um, but also before we move on from the French open, I wanted to remind you guys. So Rafael Nadal won his first match on his quest for his record breaking 21st grand slam, which we told you about last week. So if he wins this French open, it'll be his 21st grand slam tournament and he will be making history. history. Yes. He would make history. He'd have the most grand slam victories of any tennis player ever. So I'm definitely cheering on Rafael Nadal. I think everybody else is too. Yeah. Go Rafael Nadal. We're cheering for you over here, but on to NBA, Sarah. So there has been, I think the players are not used to there being fans in the stands yet. I don't think the fans are used to being back with the players either. You literally took the words right out of my mouth and they're being very disrespectful to these players, which obviously, you know, you're going to, you're going to have words to say about certain players, 
fans are known for that for crap talking whatever but there's a fan that threw a water bottle towards Kyrie Irving yeah so there's been a few there's been a few there's been a few different instances that have happened oh my gosh and I think yes and I think it's because the fans have had so much pent-up energy I mean we've all been home a lot of these NBA teams have not been allowing fans they go from zero to like almost 100% capacity like everybody's on top of each other there's a lot of adrenaline going we got hormones pumping there's competition and blah 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 and yeah I mean go ahead and recap what you just read because it's a little crazy about what's happening it's happened a little ridiculous so yeah. a water bottle was thrown at Kyrie Irving who had stepped on Boston's center court logo after the Nets beat the Celtics okay and I need to I need to recap this because it wasn't just Kyrie stepping on the logo he intentionally so Kyrie used to play for the Boston Celtics you guys right now he plays for the Brooklyn Nets so he walks over to the Boston logo in the center court and stomps his foot on it like disrespectfully stomps his foot on Didn't it like we just learn about that that is not okay to do in the NFL last season I Juju mean come Smith on. Schuster was TikToking on people's logos and that yes. got a really bad rap and now Kyrie Irving is stopping on his previous team's logo so obviously there's some bad blood there but yes there was a uh fan who threw a water bottling bottle at Kyrie and I'm if none of maybe this is that good. one was a little warranted let me just say none of this activity or any of these actions by the fans am I condoning but what I am saying that the people that have thrown things at these athletes have pretty good aim (laughs) honestly that is that is pretty impressive because the fact that this came anywhere close to can you imagine throwing a water bottle at Kyrie Irving and having it even be like traced back to you like that's some good aim I'm 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 impressed only with that was a full water bottle and he's not throwing an empty water bottle. Like it probably hurt whenever it hit him. I don't think it hit him. It didn't hit him. It just came super close. It was just thrown at him. Got yeah, it. It was just thrown at him. So next we have. Yeah. So a Knicks fan spat at Trey young. Yes. And they also so disrespectful. Yes. Okay. And here's the part that blew my mind. So it was a fan who was sitting here 50 cent was sitting here and then here was trey young so okay so let me do it this way so you guys can see we've got fan 50 cent trey young right and the fan spat over 50 cent <laughs> onto trey young okay like a rainbow like a rainbow and trey young plays for the atlanta hawks you guys but get this christine so i like the spitting thing trey young is so just like whatever i don't care he's so laid back but the thing that really ripped my heart out and I felt so bad. I hate everything, Atlanta, all sports, Atlanta, whatever, but I do feel bad for Trey young because, um, he like grows his hair out to like this little fro, but it looks kind of like, um, stringy and the whole Knicks crowd started to chant. You know what they were saying? What? Trey young's balding. (laughs) Trey what? Young's balding. <laughs> I know. I can't help but laugh because it was very oh my clever. Gosh. Like he has any control over his ball. So mean. That's I know so these mean. fans have been totally ruthless. So moving Brutal. on from Trey Young, um, 
So, okay. This one was definitely heard like all around the world. So a 76ers fan, the 76ers are in Philly dumped popcorn on Russell Westbrook's head. And you would have walking through the tunnel. Yes, Christine. And you would have thought that somebody punched Russell Westbrook straight in the face. I mean, he was PO'd. They had bodyguards holding him back. I mean, literally he wanted to charge this fan for the popcorn. Like I do who the guy who dumped the popcorn on his head was escorted out of the building and was not able to stay there. And I'm pretty sure is not allowed back. Yeah. I think all these people are banned from all NBA events moving forward like that. And there was a guy who during Monday night's game, um, on game four of the wizards versus 76ers at capital one arena, a fan ran into the court during the third quarter. And then the security guard full on like side tackled him and dragged him off the court. Pretty sure that guy's going to jail. So like, what was his game plan? Like what was his plan once he got on the court just to run around and say that he did it? I guess maybe, I mean, the only, the only player that was in like any near vicinity of him was Dwight Howard, who used to play for the Hornets. And he's just like a big goofball as is. And so there's this really funny picture of like this guy, like tackled down on the ground and Dwight's like, like, (laughs) what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? Get back like, in what your seat. are you doing? I know. So I think there's a little bit of a learning curve going on right now with the fans. Yeah. I mean, I think they are way out of control, but I do think that the and players- probably a little too much alcohol is involved in all of these. True. Things. Everybody's so excited to be out and about again, but I do yeah. think that the players need to maybe think it thicken their skin a little bit too. That's probably Come a little taboo. On, people. We are all adults. Yes. Start acting like it. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of It's Sports Sis. We love you guys. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. And we will see you next week. Bye.